0: I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard, so on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's leadership story highlights Patty Hatter, the SVP Global Customer Services at Palo Alto Networks. Patty isn't afraid to take the unfamiliar path. Throughout her career, she's jumped back and forth between operational roles, tech startups, and for-profit board positions. The theme of figuring it out has been with her throughout her career. As you'll hear in her story, she asks, what's the worst that could happen? And this has led her to take some very big leaps. Her story is so inspiring, and I'm glad she's with us today. Check it out.
1: From my perspective, really helped set the tone for some of the other leaps that I've taken throughout my uh, career. So, uh, just to to go way back, so it was very early in my career. I was with Bell Labs, part of AT and T at the time, and you know, a baby out of graduate school. And uh, my my boss at the time had you know given me a lot of different opportunities pretty well beyond my years of experience while I was uh, there. And I'm just a a couple years out of grad school. I go into work one Monday and my boss says, hey, Patty, come in my office. I go in. I say, what's up? He says, I have a plan. I'm thinking, great, (laughs) new plan. This will be fantastic. Can't wait to hear it. And he says, here's my plan. So we had been having success in driving bigger solutions working with the AT&T sales teams in the US. And he says to me, hey, I want to take the success that we're seeing with what you're doing with the sales teams and driving these bigger, stickier solutions using very specialized Bell Labs skill sets. We need to start doing that in other theaters. So here's my plan. You go to Europe, build that business, and then you come back. This is my plan. So I'm thinking, well, Okay. Two seconds to think about this. I had the sum total of my European experience had been four, va- four days in Munich on vacation. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was this, the total time I had been in, in uh, Europe to that point. And I thought, okay, we figured it out in the U.S., I'm sure we can figure it out there, even though I don't have any background in the markets, don't know how I'd find the sales teams to get in touch with the customers, but he has faith I can do it. I'm sure I could figure it out. And what's the worst that would happen is I'd get a great experience in what it's like to do business in Europe. So this may be successful, maybe not, but I'll gain a lot of experience. So what is the worst that can happen? Let's, I'll raise my hand to this. And it ended up, from my perspective, being such a transformational growth opportunity because it wasn't just going there with, <laughs> with just a plan on paper. It's like find the paper, find the pencil, start writing down the plan. How do I find these customers? What might they be interested in? How do I find the resources to deliver what they're interested in? And it was just taking it step by step. And we ended up building after three years, we were able to develop so much business that was going well. We had three, what ended up being Bell Labs offices in Europe, in the hubs where where our business was uh was uh, most strong and then I I was very much expecting to be coming back at that point and got convinced to sign on for another uh, three years uh, because AT&T was putting even more resources behind what we had done and the view was well you how do you can't leave now we're we're here to help we'll be we're we're behind you now stay and and help uh, lift this even more so it was just such a such a great experience on multiple levels a you learn a lot from the from the roles that are the biggest challenge that you have you learn a little bit of everything so that was really a pivotal role for me to always put the customers first no matter what market what region what geo what country if you listen hard to what the customers are saying you can figure out solutions, products, services that'll be applicable and and useful and and support your customers and and be good for them and good for you in in, uh, growing a business. And then it was a big dose of resourcefulness on how do I lay my hands on the resources that I need to fulfill what I'm hearing from the uh, customers and just making it work. It was just such a fantastic experience to have so early in my career and also get a perspective of businesses different outside the U.S. And I'm a, a firm believer of the 80-20 rule. That 20% difference is very important, but there really is a, a majority of, of commonality in needs when you're talking about from an enterprise customer perspective, but that 20% is critical. That makes it or breaks it.
0: So you consider this your first big leap? How long did it take you to get to what's the worst that could happen? Like, was that pretty immediate for you? Did you process it for a while?
1: I think I had agreed to it while I was still in the office. My boss's office, when he originally asked me, we worked out the details over, uh, over time of, hey, what country might I fly to <laughs> to begin with? But it was everything was just figure it out. Where where would you want to land to begin with? Where were the biggest centers of gravity that we had in my company at the time, which was AT&T? What would be the markets that would be most predisposed to this? It was figure it out. So ended up setting up shop in the Netherlands to begin with. And like I said, offices in, in two other countries based on how the uh, business was coming in. But it was a... Very much an exercise in no need to get upset on all the things you don't know. Just start knocking it down one by one. Where am I flying to? Well, let's think about what are the options and what would make most sense. And, you know, pick some place. If that doesn't work, then move. How do I get to the how do I find the sales teams to get to the customers? Okay, you know, co-locate with the bigger offices that have those sales teams and just start using the examples that we were had been building in the U.S. to get the conversations and find a way to get out to the customers. Because like I said, my basic premise is, if we listen to the customers, we'll be able to backtrack and figure out how to provide something that's of uh, value to them. So it was a very good lesson in one step at a time, and you can go a very long distance if you just keep knocking down the barriers in front of you.
0: Yeah. And a lot of barriers, it sounds like. So you had to have some freak out moments in the midst of that challenge. <laughs> I mean, this this is being at work, Patty, and we talk about the real stuff. So tell us about the freak out moments.
1: There was really only one. And, and that might've been a, a fairly significant one that we had so this was in my second three-year stint so the first three years were just you know when my bell labs when my early bell labs boss said go forth and and build a business and we ha- developed those three offices built that and then there was my second uh three-year stint once it was more of a you know hey we're really getting that behind this from an at&t point of view and i was based in uh, london at that time and one of our largest by far our largest customers, and we were very connected at at senior levels within this um, UK-based financial services firm. And there was a very challenging combination of politics on the customer side and internal politics within uh, my own company's side that actually had me sort of stop in my tracks one morning and think, this all could blow up. And then Oh my goodness we've we will have lost a lot of money within my organization we will have really put this customer you know gotten them halfway down the road and you know then they're they're in a real ditch themselves so there was a a morning and I can even remember it of great worry but it's like okay me standing here being worried isn't working out any of these issues you know get another cup of coffee and, and just keep working it out and it all some sleepless nights in there, but it all worked out in the end. Um, but it was because we were running so close to the edge of resources to deliver what we were committing to, and th- the cu- this customer that we were working with was really pushing the envelope within their own company of trying to get this done. So they're pushing and bouncing up against some some interesting internal politics. We were really pushing the envelope to get the skills for this very complex deal um, and deliver it in the uh, UK. So we had our own challenges and what made it precarious there for a bit of time was all that complexity on both sides. We're coming together at the same time, so it just felt like this whole program is uh, going to uh, blow up but we settled our issues internally within my company um, my customer, the sponsor for the program, he was able to settle the the politics on his side, but it was such an anchor customer for us with what we had been um, building that you know that would have absolutely had not positive implications if that had gone poorly and but when you have one of those moments of dread almost it's like okay i just can't stand here and worry that's not getting this done that's not getting this resolved that's not helping my internal situation that's not helping my customer and his internal situation so i mean literally just get back in the game just i can come back home and worry later on tonight but for the day keep pushing but i i still remember the feeling of this one particular day with this one particular client quite a moment of dread because we were running so much for both us and the customer and my sponsor and the customer running so much on the edge of what we were capable of doing
0: running on the edge. Well, I hear a lot of resiliency in that <laughs> and also a lot of awareness that you you recognize.
1: And that resiliency is a great point because that's actually, that, that's great that you brought that up because that's something that I talk to teams about a lot, especially as we're going through big amounts of change, that that's one of the single best whether it's a characteristic or it's a skill you can learn and, and and refine and develop, but it is so important with how fast-paced most organizations are. You're not, you know, just think about the odds. You're not going to win every day. And I remember, I, I'm not even sure what article I read this in, but I, I read this a few years ago and it, <laughs> the, the name of the article didn't stick with me, but the theme definitely did of, if something bad happens, do not keep replaying it in your mind because then that just gets you down even more. It's like it happened, okay. Can I do anything about that immediately? Yes or no, and move on. Don't just dwell in the the past because it really everybody's going to have days that you're you, you know you didn't win or something didn't go your way. Take it, deal with it, and move on just, you know, sometimes compartmentalizing things is the best thing you can do.
0: Well, it's like you're playing a game. I mean, that's what I hear in it. You're not going to win every day, but that's not going to keep you from playing the game. You're still in it. You're not going to sit on the sidelines. You're going to play. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to go back because your boss came to you and said, I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> but I suspect, Patty, that wasn't your plan, right? Right. That was far from my plan. And I would say, you know, what
1: new kid, I'm sure there are some, but it it wasn't me. What young adult fairly early out of school has a plan of, I'm, I'm going to launch myself into another continent and develop a business that we barely have going in the U.S. with all the resources that we had access to at the time, and give that a spin. <laughs> you know, I had I had no plan like that. So I'm a big advocate of taking opportunities that present themselves. You know, I, I know there's some people that are very planful in their uh, in their careers and have planned step by step. For for me, I'm and maybe it's just me, but I find that very difficult but i do try to keep my eyes open for what are opportunities that are really a very interesting b that gives me a different experience than what i've had before and something that i'll i'll learn from
0: well and clearly he had a lot of faith and trust in you cuz you said that he had given you opportunities before so great leadership on his part that he saw the potential there that existed saw that future resiliency and knew that he could he could propel you into the opportunity.
1: Right. I'm, I'm thankful for, for what he did every day, because that you and I have talked about this in the past. I don't know that we've uh, chatted about this now, but I use that as a, that experience, which was quite a number of years ago, even today as my benchmark of, if I'm thinking, ah, this thing could be hard, or this, this challenge at work could be hard, or this other challenge could be hard. I'll, I'll, I'll have that thought for five seconds, and then my mind goes, is this anywhere near what I did that first time? And the answer has, has to date always come back, and no, nowhere near as hard, or nowhere near as, as different, challenging, exercising muscles that I just didn't even know I had. So this new thing in front of me, nowhere near as, as risky.
0: Well, and it's how you've played out your career because you've jumped around into different roles and opportunities that could seem very different from the path that you're on. But that nonlinear approach has brought so much value then to the experiences that you're in. You're able to draw on all of those different perspectives. And so tell us a little bit more about that now than how this how this early career experience really set you up for taking big leaps throughout your career.
1: Right. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because when I've had people, I, I didn't even notice it so much at the time. I just moved into roles that I thought was interesting. And, you know, over the past few years, I've had an, a number of people say, what, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You, you go from, uh, you know, so we'll leave the European adventure for this to the side for now. But you go from a PL role in services to then all of a sudden you jump to a different company doing a corporate transformation role, jump then to a CIO plus a business role, go back to services. Now I'm doing, you know, then then I jumped into a completely different world doing public boards and uh, working with VCs and their um, early stage startups almost as an insurance policy of how to get those startups up and running and then jump back to an operating role back on the P&L side in the uh, global services space. So I've always followed things that I found were interesting and found ways to leverage, you know, what were the skill sets, experiences that, that I developed and run in one role? How is that able to move a role that's in a completely different area even faster than if the the company that I was talking to would have just taken somebody in a sort of a, a, a linear movement? And so I've always ended up in will frequently ended up in roles where there's a big change that's needed. And so my view of my lens of taking things that are different that I'm learning from that that leverage leverage my experiences that I've had previously into a different way, those kind of meld into roles and companies that have to take a big step forward. You know, so I can look back and say that the past few career moves that I've made, there is that trend. So it's nonlinear and looks a little chaotic at times, but it's finding roles in companies that need to make a big change. I'm I'm not one for taking a role where it's more of the same. It's companies that are trying to pivot in some big market way. Um, So an external transformation, an internal transformation, or sometimes both.
0: And all of that, it feels like, will bring such a unique perspective then to whatever you're doing. It has to date. (laughs) It has to date. Can you give us a specific example of that? Maybe with a for-profit board. I just think about the, you know, the organizations I've served in and the value the board brings. Like, gosh, I just think about the the rich experiences you've had and how you can be so helpful. Then,
1: well, that that's a great question because when I pivoted from an operating role into public company boards and uh, working with VCs and, and early stage companies, just on the public company board side, I'd already had you know, a fair number of interactions with boards just based on the operating roles I've had in the past. And what I was seeing was the the challenges the companies have in trying to drive digital transformation, leveraging technology to move the business forward is something that would kind of get stuck between the senior operating executives and how was the board helping move those concepts forward. And then also, so that's one point. The second point was there's a whole cybersecurity aspect as companies try to drive more more into the digital path. That's leaving a, a digital footprint much, much more broadly across your enterprise that others, if they're so inclined, can try to take advantage of. So I have a view that companies really have to drive both. You have to move into the technology enablement space, and most companies have to find a way to move faster. But as you're doing that, you can't open up your vulnerability footprint even more broadly because you have to think of both. You have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Just walking or just chewing gum alone isn't enough anymore. And you know, I think that's something... From a speed, agility, risk management perspective that public company boards in most industries really have to spend more time to get a handle on. And when you look at the the, the skill sets and the experiences that most board members bring to the table, they're, they're brilliant people with incredible careers, but most haven't been centered around those questions of technology enablement, speed of movement, and then how do you marry that with the growing cyber threats? And so I found that a very interesting set of of issues to rotate around. And as I was finding that interesting and wanted to take a a step into a couple of uh, public company boards, it just so happened that that was when, a number of companies are are pushing more into that path. So I was very fortunate to pretty quickly. uh, Once I started to look in that direction, pretty quickly join my first public company board and it was specifically around getting that digital transformation and cybersecurity experience onto the board level to help connect the dots in those conversations, because you could have the operating executives bringing really interesting, important, and the right issues, questions, discussions to the table at the board. But if there's nobody at the board level that can catch that and have those dialogues, the, the, the conversation just kind of falls on the floor.
0: Yeah. So by taking some of the leaps that you took, you gained experience that allowed you to bring a really unique perspective to these organizations. Yes. Okay. So help me with this. I am such a visionary and spend a lot of time thinking about and writing about the future and creating my life. I, and I, I know you and I share that, like put it out there, tell the universe what you want, make it happen. But in a lot of this, Patty, you're reminding me of the importance of also taking the opportunities that life presents you. How do you balance being, being planned and thoughtful and having a vision with like spontaneity and openness. How, how do you balance those things?
1: I don't know that I, I explicitly go through every day thinking, how do, I, how do I balance it? But there really is, I give full credit to my mother for this because she's a very bright woman with incredible, just innate skill sets and senses of how things work. But I grew up my whole life just, you know, hearing her tell me, you'll figure it out. You can do anything. You'll figure it out. So it's, it's almost just the drumbeat in the back of my head. And and I feel very fortunate. That's just placed there. I couldn't get it out of my head if I had to. But I think that just you know calmly working through any challenge, you'll get to some resolution might not be the perfect one, but you'll figure something out. You'll just keep going. And I think that's so important for for people to just give themselves the room to either fail or succeed or something in the middle, but no matter what, you'll go home, your family loves you, your, your pet's still there. What is the worst that can happen from this? It will be okay, and you will learn, and you will keep moving forward.
0: So it sounds like you have a lot of trust, trust in what life will give you, trust in yourself to show up and move through that, as you will, because you're going to learn something from it. I mean, when you've asked that question, what's the worst that could happen? I've heard that a couple times from you, that just the value in learning from all of your experiences is, is a big part. And that's why you've taken then all of that into other roles to support other organizations.
1: Right. Because none of the, the, the big jumps that I've taken, did I ever spend more than one night thinking, oh my God, this is not a good idea. Not even a whole evening, maybe like half of a dinner. (laughs) Thinking this might be a step too far. I, I really consciously try not to get pulled down into thinking negatively and just the, we'll move through it. We'll get to the other side. Might not be graceful, might not be perfect, but we'll just every day, one step in front of the other. And, you know, it's soon, soon enough we'll be to the other end of this. And yeah, I mean, even as I'm saying this out loud, I'm thinking, wow, I sound like the most Zen person, (laughs) but I I think it's somewhere between just very hardworking because I will always put the, the time, energy, effort, anything to 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 move through what i need to uh move through a faith that you know i can figure it out i know networks of people that i can reach out to to get ideas which i do all the time and just keep moving the worst you can do is sort of stand still in fear kind of to that that one day in london when that was most worried i've ever been in a work environment because it felt like things were you know could Potentially collapse in from uh, both sides, and okay, I'll give myself five minutes to worry and then get back
0: to work. Well, thank you to your mother for instilling that. <laughs> yes, in you. yes, and and now sharing it with all of us. But but for other people, just
1: think about the the resilience of it. I mean that when when you mention resilience, that is such an important factor. Don't beat yourself up. You know, do that for a minute or so. And then move on, just move on
0: yeah i think I think a lot of people get hooked by the stuff. you do not get hooked by the stuff, like you're not someone to dwell or spend a lot of time in worry. It sounds like you recognize that and then are pretty quick to move on that's a That's a gift,
1: but I consciously think about it, you know, let it and i've I've gotten better at that over time, but I do consciously think about, okay, I give myself. Five minutes, and I tell this to my son all the time. If he's, you know, really upset about something, like clock's ticking, five minutes, yell and scream, whatever you need, get it out of your system, and then we're done, <laughs> and we're on to the the next thing that we need to uh, next thing that we need to do. So I'm trying to install at least a fraction of into my son of what uh, sort of the good advice that my mom gave me of just get on with it why are you upset just get on with it
0: well that's one of the big leadership lessons of this story is just keep going you're not going to win every day but stay in the game
1: because it's the it's the long term that really dictates how far how fast you know the experiences that you have it's you know the the day in day out challenges are just things to learn from and just keep reaching out if you get upset and and things start to feel like they're closing in, you're communicating less with people at work, you're drawing less from your own network, you'll have more bad days. Look at the bigger picture drive to that.
0: You summed up very well, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story. There's so much wisdom and insight in that. If our guests want to connect with you, Patty, what's the best way to do that? Uh, They can
1: reach me on uh, LinkedIn, Uh, two different names, but everybody seems to be able to find me. So I went with the more formal Patricia Hatter on uh, LinkedIn uh, from my uh, European days. And then on Twitter, it's uh, at Patty Hatter.
0: Great. Thank you, Patty. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.